Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I am your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode 34, which is going to be where I talk about my past week. Uh, This past week, I almost died at the ripe old age of 37 years old. Um... And so, not having much of a script today, I'm going to just kind of, because uh, I've been in the hospital most of the week, uh, I'm going to use this as just kind of a free-flowing discussion. I usually script these things out pretty well uh, when I record my podcast, uh, simply because I have a lot of show notes. Um, but for obvious reasons, I've been sick this past week uh, and haven't really had much time to prep. But I thought it's still important to record uh, an episode for this week if I'm able. Uh, since I do want to stick to my weekly forecast, and you know, whatever happens, the show must go on, uh, so they say. Um, and uh, you know, unless I'm dead <laughs> or in the hospital, uh, I'm gonna still try to, uh, whenever possible, record a weekly episode that comes out uh, either on Tuesday mornings or Monday nights, depending on whatever I feel like. I've been kind of messing with the dates recently, but anyway. So this past week has been pretty eventful for me, and I'd like to share for the sake of my uh, listeners and friends and family that listen to this show, uh, church folk and all that sort of stuff, just uh, an explanation of everything that transpired this past week, Um, and just kind of, uh, I guess, share about my flirtation and experience possible with uh, death, you know. Um, Well, it all started Sunday evening or, I'm sorry, Monday morning, early Monday morning at 3 a.m. Uh, Monday morning at 3 a.m., I woke up with a sharp pain in my lower right rib cage area uh, on my back. And, uh, you know, I just thought I'd kind of pinched a nerve um, as a result of kind of having a uh, strenuous day um, on Sunday. As you may recall, I broke my uh, leg about seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago now. And uh, this past week, I've been able to, or this past two weeks, I've been able to start walking again uh, with doctor's orders and putting uh, weight on my leg. Um, well, this Sunday, I really took advantage of the doctor's orders and uh, went to, back to church for the first time since I broke my leg. Um, had dinner with friends um, and uh, went out grocery shopping for the first time since I broke my leg and with my wife, which is, you know, something we consider something up a date. Um, and, uh, so I really pushed the boundaries of, of, uh, my physical limitations with my broken leg, um, and my recovery. And I just really push it hard. And so when I woke up, I just had this really bad pain in my back in the middle of the night. And I just thought, Oh man, I've pinched a nerve real bad. Um, and it really hurt and it hurt bad enough for me to wake up my wife and say, Hey, I'm in pain and I'm real bad pain. Can you help me out? Um, and she went ahead and got some uh, pain reliever for me. I had some 800 milligram ibuprofen that a doctor had prescribed for my uh, pains associated with my broken leg. And um, so I did that and I adjusted my pillows and you know tried to go back to sleep and that sort of stuff. And had didn't have too much success in that regard but because it was still kind of whatever with my pain. But it was enough to be able to, uh, you know, push the pain down a little bit and go back to sleep. Well, about three o'clock that afternoon, all of a sudden I was sitting on the couch, 
you know, still kind of nursing a little bit of the soreness of the pain, which I just thought was a pinched nerve in my back. And all of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, it felt like somebody stabbed me in the middle of my lower back uh, on the ribcage side, um, kind of like where your kidneys and gallbladder and stuff are. Um, and I was like, oh, like I was like, this is a really bad pinched nerve. But and it wasn't it, just, it felt so bad that I literally my wife was upstairs. I literally fell down and started screaming and she could hear me screaming. I'm like, honey, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. I need some help. Something's wrong. And, you know, I, I was having a little bit difficulty breathing, shortness of, slight shortness of breath. It wasn't like, I wouldn't describe it as shortness of breath so much as I just couldn't take a full breath. Because when I took a, a deep, full breath, the, the pain from what I thought was a pinched nerve, I just thought my lungs were pressing up against my nerve. And as a result of the deep breath, you know, I just thought I was, you know, pushing my body's limits for being able to breathe. So I could breathe shortly, you know, in short breaths. Um, but it was really, really bad. Um, and so my wife's like, okay, let's get, let's get some heating pads, um, and ice. And, you know, we did a alternating, um, heat pad and ice, uh, regiment for the next couple hours. And then about, and that seemed to help. It really did. I was like, man, I, I thought maybe I was getting ready to go to the hospital, but I was like, oh no, my, my, uh, concerns are overblown here. You know, I just need to to keep this up and I'll be fine. Well, <laughs> come seven o'clock, the pain just came surging back again. And again, it felt like somebody was stabbing me. And again, I was literally laying there on the couch screaming in pain. Like this pain was greater than the pain I experienced when I broke my leg um, a couple months ago now. And it was just unbelievable. I just couldn't believe it. I've never been in so much pain my entire life and we're like okay this is bad something's definitely wrong here this is more than a pinched nerve we need to get to uh urgent care uh and see what we can determine and if maybe we need to even go to the hospital so we went to urgent care they scanned me they did run some tests they you know tested my heart to make sure i wasn't having a heart attack and uh they they suspected maybe i was having a gallbladder issue or possibly passing kidney stones um but they weren't 100 percent sure so they referred me to the emergency room in the emergency room, they ran all sorts of diagnostic tests on me. They put me through an MRI, or I'm sorry, a CT scan, and they pumped me full of some sort of dye so that they could, you know, see how everything was flowing throughout my body. And they determined in the course of their examination that, uh, indeed, I was having a blood clot. And they found a blood clot in my lung, or as uh, commonly referred to as a, a, let me see if I'm pronouncing this right, a pulmonary embolism. <laughs> A pulmonary embolism, folks. So definitely life-threatening stuff. Uh, one of my doctor friends um, that I was talking to who came and personally visited me in the hospital, he told me that these pulmonary embolisms, if they're not caught and caught in time, they kill about 600,000 people annually in the United States. So um, lucky for me, I felt that, uh, though, that uh, we responded early enough that we then just tried to push through the pain and keep taking over-the-counter solutions and, you know, icing, heat, uh, and ibuprofen type of regimen uh, to try to, to lower the pain. Um, but uh, I felt like we did the smart thing, the thing that I've heard a thousand times uh, in my life about these sort of things that, you know, if you feel something's wrong, something's probably wrong. And, you know, I'm glad I listened to that advice to 
not just say, well, let's take another day or two at this, because frankly, if I'd taken another day or two uh, to, to get to the hospital uh, to try to examine this, I may have never ever actually gotten to the hospital um, because this can be, you know, one, difficult for them to diagnose to begin with. My doctor friend was telling me that often these uh, can be misdiagnosed and uh, considered other things and people can be frequently sent home from doctors thinking it's one thing when it actually ends up being this very thing. Um, and it kills a lot of people as a result. Um, so I'd like to say that, you know, this, this week, even though, you know, I didn't crash in a cart anywhere, I didn't have a heart attack, um, but uh, I suffered a pulmonary embolism. Um, and if uh, I had not uh, received proper treatment, immediate treatment for this, I probably would have died, you know, at the ripe age of 37. Well, you may ask, what caused this pulmonary embolism? Well, according to the doctors, it's directly related. Um, after they did extensive blood work on me and examination of my heart, uh, you know, and, and uh, a number of other numerous tests that they ran on me in the hospital, uh, they're 100% convinced it's related to um, my broken leg and the trauma associated with my broken leg because um, it's not entirely uncommon for people with broken legs who end up becoming immobilized as a result of their broken legs or people who go through surgery and that sort of thing to, um, to form blood clots as a result. Um, and, you know, it was a blood clot that recently killed my grandfather a couple of years ago. He had a massive blood clot form in his leg after he had his hip and knee replaced. Um, he didn't quite get his physical therapy all that he needed. And as a result, he never really fully recovered. And he became extremely immobile. And as a result of his becoming extremely immobile, blood clot eventually formed and uh, killed my grandfather. Um, so, you know, kind of something that runs in the family apparently a little bit. And, uh, you know, like I said, it could have killed me this week. And it definitely felt, <laughs> it definitely felt like I was dying. Like the pains I was experiencing, like my body was screaming to me. And I was screaming at my wife, something is wrong. Um, and you know, I, for, you know, the benefit of all my listeners out there who, you know, could benefit from such things one day, you know, listen to your body. Don't be afraid to listen to your body. Uh, if your body is telling you something is wrong, something probably is. And I believe that's a gift from God, uh, that God has given us as a way of, of seeking intervention and help um, when we need it uh, in this very fallen and broken world uh, that we live in. So needless to say, this was, this was all pretty scary. Um, up to this recent series of events with my broken leg and uh, my uh, five-day stay in the hospital, um, in which they uh, you know, gave me blood thinners and administered care to me and monitored me closely to make sure nothing further was wrong with me and run numerous tests on me and didn't allow me to sleep a wink <laughs> as a result. Um, you know, as a result of all this, uh, you know, I uh, had a pretty good scare to say the least. Um, I've never had issues like this in my entire life. I've, you know, for the most part been uh, a relatively healthy guy. Yeah, I'm a little overweight um, for sure. And I've definitely, but I've definitely been uh, working at that um, in recent uh, months, I've lost about, I don't know, 
30, 25 to 30 pounds in the last year or so. Um, slowly, gradually, you know, maybe not as rapidly as I probably could, but, um, you know, it took a lifetime to get this big folks. <laughs> it's not going to go away overnight. So, um, but you know, relatively speaking, pretty healthy. Um, only 37. So, uh, you know, to be faced with your own mortality, um, something that we all must uh, ultimately face um, one day at some time or another, something that we don't like to talk about. Um, but the fact is, you know, 10 out of 10 people die. And uh, we're all due for death one day. And the truth of the matter is we may not all make it to 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 100 years old. Um, you know, I've known many people from whom death has come extremely premature, either, either through, um, you know, people dying as infants to people being cut down in the, the prime of their life. And such tragedies, you know, we don't like to think such things can happen to us, but the fact of the matter is um, they can. And I think that's something we need to to wrestle with. And it's something I've wrestled with over the years, even though I've never been really faced with death personally before. Um, but this week definitely was such an event. Um, and it made me realize how sudden and traumatic and quickly and how, 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 how all this stuff can sort of happen out of the blue in a very confusing haze. Um, you know, death ultimately tries to creep up on us. Um, and it's something that can take us by surprise more often than not. Um, and most of us will never have uh, the opportunity to die, you know, peacefully in our sleep when we're little old people one day having lived a full life. Um, for many, it will come much more um, unexpectedly and sudden. Um, it's something to wrestle with, folks, and it's something, you know, I want to put on you um, in part because I had to deal with it, so I want you to bear my burden here, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's something I have to wrestle with, I think, especially as a Christian, because as a Christian, I'm reminded that death is an enemy, and death is an enemy that Jesus Christ ultimately came to conquer through his death and resurrection so that one day we too might live again and that death as terrifying as it can be as confusing as it can be as much fear as can permeate our lives because of death and all the things we secretly do to to try to uh you know preserve our life and extend our life um we say we're doing it for our health and things like that. But, you know, we, we do it because we realize ultimately at the end of the day we don't want to die. And we, you know, combat death. So we go to the gym. We eat right. And we take certain medicines. Um, and whether we would acknowledge it or not, I think we need to all acknowledge that death is an enemy. Um, death will cut us down one day. And we'll take our beautiful lives, um, the lives that God has granted us uh, in this world. And it's something we need to wrestle with. But at the same time, especially as a Christian, I, th I think it's something that we need to, to put faith in that Jesus Christ has truly overcome this. And I believe that Jesus Christ historically was crucified for our sins. 
and that he historically rose from the grave and that he promises to come back again one day to raise all uh, to life, a life of uh, the kingdom of God for many, um, but also a life of uh, judgment and damnation for many others. And it's something we all need to, to decide because, you know, we kind of live in this age, especially, uh, you know, the, the hip uh, progressive uh, Christians out there, especially those on Twitter who like to downplay uh, the, the saving of souls and where we are going to spend eternity and that sort of stuff. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you know, we do have to think about these things and we have to think about the impact of the gospel on our souls and the impact of the gospel uh, on our lives, not only in the present, which is very important, but also throughout all eternity. I like to joke that uh, instead of a five-year plan, we need to have a 10,000-year plan, uh, just kind of like the, the song Amazing Grace uh, talks about. When we've been there 10,000 years, you know, that's the sort of mindset I think we ultimately have to have as Christians, not just a five-year plan, but a 10,000-year a plan. So what are you doing for the next 10,000 years, my dear people? Um, have you even thought about it? Yeah, we can talk about the ever-present now and living in the present and the moment and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, and that's cool. But what do you think about death? What do you think about life? What does death mean to you? Uh, is death just, uh, you know, just this thing that you like to, to push down, uh, kick the can down the road uh, with in regard to your life? Is it just something you just do everything uh, to fight against seeing? Because, you know, especially we live in a world that is uh, extremely sanitized when it comes to death. Yeah, we may see a lot of death in our movies. You know, people being shot up and killed and battles and war scenes and and, uh, you know, just miscellaneous uh, action movies and stuff like that. But for most of us, death is this thing that we have sanitized and scrubbed from our lives. And many of us can say we have lived um, decades of our lives without ever having actually seen somebody physically die. And I think about that because back in the day before... We sent away all of our sick to hospitals and places to die. Um, people frequently died in their homes. <laughs> um, and uh, it was a, death was a frequent um, friend, or uh, maybe not friends, maybe a bad word there, I misspoke. Uh, but hey, I'm speaking from the gut here um, this week, so <laughs> I'm going to probably misspeak a little. But, you know, death was a frequent visitor, let's say. Um, and it's something that people knew and experienced well, and I think maybe took a little bit more serious in their lives uh, and was a conscious thought, especially back in the day when people were only living to be 30, 35, 40 years old on average, um, in which, you know, people experienced high mortality rates at young ages, um, especially with, uh, with children. Um, and, and now we live in a world in which people live to be 85, 90 years old. And, you know, people talk about living to be over 100 becoming kind of an increasing thing because of the advances of science and technology and medicine and all that fun stuff. Um, and so death isn't as common because we've conquered a lot of disease and, and we've cleaned things up. So when people die, they die away from everything. 
um, and everybody. They, they die in isolated little sanitariums <laughs> uh, where they went to receive uh, health and life, um, but ultimately ended up dying. And, and while I'm not knocking the presence of hospitals, don't get me wrong, uh, I very much received uh, pretty good overall care at the hospital that I've received uh, care from here in Charlotte. Um, you know, I could have died this week and nobody would have known it except the one or two people that were there in the hospital with me. Um, and it's possible in my ER visit that some of the people that were in the emergency room with me uh, died that very night. I, I heard people in the uh, hospital, I could overhear the, the conversations they were having with the doctors like, man, I have it bad. They have it worse. Uh, and here I am kind of a little concerned about, you know, how my health is going to play out and my life is going to play out the, the next day or two, if, if it's even going to play out. Um, and here are some of these people who, you know, could possibly die tonight in this place. And, and sure enough, while I was in the hospital, there was some announcements overhead for code blues, which I thought was kind of tacky. Like I'm not a doctor. Um, but I, it's a little distressing when you're sitting there in your hospital bed and you hear uh, an announcement overhead, code blue, cl code blue, room, whatever. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's just down the hall from me. Um, that person's dead. You know? So, <sighs> it, it makes you think, folks. Um, it makes you think. So I think we should wrestle with our mortality. We should wrestle with our sense of life and death um, and what the gospel means to all of that. And we shouldn't make the gospel all of either about things just simply present in this life uh, or things in the life to come. But the gospel is present for both things in the present life and things in the life to come. Um, Jesus offers uh, life and hope to both the living and the dead. Um, and I think that's a message that we have lost. Uh, we either sacrifice one side of the view uh, for the other or vice versa. Um, we make Jesus about uh, uh, our best life now <laughs> uh, at expense of eternity. Or we say, oh, you know, Jesus is just simply about social justice and righting wrongs now in the present. Um, and, you know, downplay the entire uh, aspect of eternity but no if you get the gospel right the gospel is intimately concerned about both present affairs and the things to come so if you're going to think about jesus and the gospel and what all that means think about it in the present and think about it for the things to come because i know as i was sitting there wrestling with my own mortality in my drugged out state when I was burning a fever of almost 103 degrees, um, you know, and I was borderline delirious. And, uh, you know, there's good patches of time now when I look back that I can't remember <laughs> uh, because my fever was so high and things were happening so quick. Um, like there's somebody that apparently came and visited me while I was in the hospital. Um, and uh, I don't re remember them visiting me because I, even though they were there for a couple hours, I was completely beside myself. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but we, we need to think about the, the, the impact of the gospel for now 
and all eternity. Because I know as I was laying there dying, uh, which, you know, I was, um, you know, as I was laying there dying, except for the intervention of the, the medical professionals and the Lord, um, you know, I was definitely taking comfort and preparing my mind and my heart for the fact that this may be it. And, you know, I sensed a, a great deal of, of sense of tragedy about that and maybe disappointment because I thought, man, you know, I didn't expect it to happen so soon. And I didn't, you know, I still haven't lived everything I wanted to do with my life, even though I've lived a very good life and have fulfilled many things with my life. And I'm very happy with my life thus far. But, you know, there's always that little man. There's things undone that I want to do. Uh, still haven't had kids yet. I'd like to have kids. Uh, I'd like to become a grandparent one day. Um, like for my, uh, you know, ministry maybe to be expanded a little bit. Um, would like to uh, have some greater life experiences that are, you know, kind of on the calendar on the, the quote-unquote proverbial bucket list. Um, but, uh, you know, I was definitely preparing my heart and mind for this may be it, and I may be standing before the Lord Jesus Christ in all his glory uh, the moment I, the next moment I close my eyes. And so I was very conscious of that. And so I was, you know, not only calling Jesus for help uh, in the midst of my pains um, and, you know, crying to him because, frankly, even though the doctors were pumping me full of meds, wasn't finding the relief I needed, um, you know, as quickly as I needed it. Uh, but... Uh, out of true concern that uh, I may be passing. Um, and I've, you know, I had to wrestle with that uh, this week. And it was tough. But, you know, I was prepared in my heart that uh, even though this was happening a lot quicker and surprisingly so um, than I ever imagined uh, for me, you know, I always imagined myself growing old and, you know, having that quote-unquote full life that everybody kind of maybe imagines. Um, you know, uh, I was prepared to to move on and, and visit the Lord. And if that would have happened, you know, it would have been sad in some sense. Um, but I would have been happy to uh, be present with the Lord, even though I would have been absent from my body. Um, and, you know, we can sit here and debate about the exact nature of what happens when you die. And, um, you know, whether you, you know, I don't believe we black out like dogs. <laughs> You know, I, I, I can't buy the entire, uh, you know, argument that atheists uh, kind of make with uh, the belief that when you die, you black out like a dog and you don't even remember your own existence anymore. Um, and uh, you'll no more remember your existence than be conscious of the existence of the world before you existed, sort of thing. Um, which I think is a, just a tragic, terrible view of, of life. Um, just terrible. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I, I believe we would be present with the Lord and I believe we would have knowledge of the life we've lived and, uh, you know, and I would wait, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, in a sort of disembodied state, if you will. Um, but I would sit there and hope and wait, uh, had I died for my bodily resurrection, because I believe just as sure as I am talking to you now that, uh, had I died, that uh, Jesus Christ would ultimately return one day. And just as he promised, he will raise us from the dead. And I take great hope in that promise 
in the present, in the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my brush with death, my future faith, think of my my hope about the future, you know, informed my present. Um, and I found comfort in that. And so I hope for all of you who believe, or maybe if you don't believe yet, exactly like I do regarding uh, the death and the resurrection, um, especially as it relates to Jesus Christ and his coming, um, I hope that you will find comfort in that. Because, you know, when I die, I'm not just going to spend forever floating on some cloud somewhere, um, you know, in some disembodied, ghostly state, like some pagans believe, you know. I'm not going to be spending eternity in that, and that, that's not going to be the case. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ promises us bodily resurrection. So even though, um, you know, we can in some sense fear death as far as the, the trauma of it all, the suddenness of it all, the, um, the scariness of, of it all, we can take great comfort in knowing that Jesus Christ is going to conquer death with us um, and we with him um, in our resurrections. And that just as our body is going to die, so it is going to be brought back to life again one day. And that brings me so much comfort that death does not have the final say. Jesus Christ has the final say. And when he returns, his word will rejuvenate my dead body. And it will rejuvenate your dead body. And we will live again. Um, so I know whatever temporary state we may enter into between those two periods. Um, and even though I will return to, you know, the finest of dust uh, over whatever hundreds or maybe even thousands of years yet to come and before Jesus Christ returns. Um, if it, he delays that long, um, you know, I take great joy and comfort in the fact that I know that hey, even though this, this body's going to disintegrate, Jesus Christ is going to put it all back together one day and he's going to make it better than it ever existed in this present life. That's an amazing hope and that's something that we can hope as, as Christians. Um, and it's a hope I invite you to participate in and to take comfort in and to, to war against death with that comfort um, and that hope. You don't have to face death without comfort. You don't have to face death in absolute terror. You don't have to face death in, uh, in absolute despair. Um, but you can face death and hope and the belief that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, um, so we will be too. Because as Jesus Christ was on the cross, if you remember, he said, as, as he lay there dying on the cross, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he gave up his final breath. And he, uh, he died. And I think that's what we need to ultimately be able to do with our lives, is that with our final drawn breath, to, to say, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when we make our final breath and give up our life um, in this world, that we can trust with our very lives, uh, put, them, put that trust in the hands of God and the hope that he will reverse it all one day, and that we will be raised from the dead. So, that's where I kind of stand on all this uh, death and resurrection stuff. That's the things I wrestled with this week as I uh, suffered my pulmonary embolism 
Um, and, uh, you know, this seems to have been a one-time occurrence, just related strictly to the trauma that I experienced from my leg. Doctor has no overall health concerns. I'm just going to be on blood thinners for the next three or six months. And they say the uh, blood clots will dissolve in my lungs um, and things will get better. But, you know, it has made me think, you know, we are at war with death. Um, and I want to continue to make some of the lifestyle changes that I was making um, prior to me breaking my leg and prior to um, me suffering this pulmonary embolism. Um, I want to continue eating better. Uh, like I was and losing weight like I was I want to continue to exercise uh, I want those things to be considered values to me as a believer even though I think it's something that we sometimes downplay as uh, as believers as Christians we we don't think as of our health as in terms of a ethical value but I think it if we are people who cherish life uh, and the abundant life that Christ came to bring then um, then we should celebrate life in all its fullness and all its facets. Uh, and that includes, you know, trying to maintain a life of good health, not in some sort of vainglory sense of, man, I want to look great naked, so I'm going to get ripped at the gym, um, <laughs> sort of thing. Although that would probably be a bonus, because um, I've seen the mirror. <laughs> uh, and um, anyway, um, but, uh, you know, just as a people who celebrate life, people who love Jesus um, and want his life to be infused in all aspects of our lives as we honor the Lord with our very bodies um, as temples of the Holy Spirit. Um, so we should, you know, do things like exercise, eat right, get a good night's sleep, not work ourselves to death, um, and things of that nature um, so that we can promote not only a culture of life, but uh, to as a way to ultimately war against death because death is an enemy that we need to to take head on and even though death you know is something that will take us all one day um, we realize that whatever little uh, sting death brings to our lives one day um, that uh, death as the Apostle Paul said will be swallowed up in victory um, and that victory will be through the resurrection uh, that resurrection is something we can experience in the here and now uh, but also uh, something in the, the ages to come. So let us celebrate life. Let us choose life in all that we do. Um, let us not just be some sort of bumper sticker slogan that we, you know, say about abortion issues. But let's, you know, choose life uh, not only with our health and well-being, but the health and well-beings of others um, and how we treat others, um, you know, even our enemies, uh, let's love them. Let's, let's, let's do things like that. Just like Jesus said, you know, radical stuff. So anybody, anyway, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy's table.com. I believe this was episode. What episode was this? Did I say what episode this was at the, the beginning of the show today? Uh, I think this is episode 30. Four. Yeah, episode 34. So this has been Jimmy Humphrey at jimmystable.com, episode 34. You can reach me at jimmy at jimmystable.com. I'm also available on Facebook. I'm also available on Twitter. Um, you know, reach out to me. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear your your stories of your brush with death. Um, please don't share with me any of your weird, uh, I went and saw the Lord Jesus when I died dreams um, sort of stuff. You know, keep, please keep those to yourselves. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, don't share those with me. Um, 
But I would love to hear, you know, how uh, you have oriented yourself when it comes regarding death and life, health, well-being, and general wholeness. Uh, your 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 perspective on things. I mean, you know, maybe you don't have a Christian perspective on death. Maybe you're a Buddhist. Maybe you're a Hindu. Maybe you're a Muslim. Maybe you're an atheist. Um, I don't know. We this is primarily a Christian podcast, but I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is Christian. Um, so I'm definitely uh, open to hearing your perspective and take on things. Um, you know, I hope you definitely embrace mine. But you know, this is this is a good conversation. Um, and even though I have my dogmas. Um, you know, what good is that dogma if I can't at least listen to what you have to say uh, about your take on life? So, everybody, this has been Jimmy, Jimmy at tables.com. Thank you for your prayers. For those especially you who have been praying for me, uh, many of you have been. Um, it's been a real blessing to uh, have that. Many people have visited me from church. Folks have dropped off meals. Uh, it's been great. Um, and I'm on the recovery uh, looking forward to getting better uh, slowly, one step at a time, uh, and hopefully wean myself off some of these drugs that they have me on uh, in the coming weeks and months. So everybody take care. I look forward to uh, following up next week and maybe have that original episode that I promised about uh, Corey Christmas. Uh, but we'll see if that, I can make that happen. Still have some technology issues I have to look into. But anyway, take care, everybody. God bless. And uh, hopefully see you next week. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise.